It's been 13 days since the fires in Maui. I've been talking to people that live on the island, and I have some questions. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another week of episodes here on America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, on the America Out Loud Network. As always, go over the www americaoutloud.com where you can check out all of my colleagues work and find America First Voices, a place where people are not censored, they can speak their mind. And that seems more important than ever right now, as I've been trying to share the stories of what's going on on the ground in Maui, more specifically in Lahaina. And I've been talking to several different individuals who have been helping out with relief efforts. One of these uh, individuals has been uh, already received a presidential uh, letter for their work back in 2017 on the island. And they've been highly uh, efficient and working around the clock to help with those relief efforts, bringing boatloads of supplies directly over to those that are in need, as well as I have a great story of success to share in connecting with somebody from Lahaina that had lost everything. I'm gonna talk about that today as well, and we're going to try to get him on the show later this week. He just needs some time to get his uh, his bearings about him. And when I explain why, that will completely make sense. We gotta make sure he has a connection and is able to reach me. As well as I've been talking to uh, independent journalist that's on the ground, Nick Sorter. Uh, Nick flew out to Hawaii and uh, him and I, we didn't really see eye to eye on some of his coverage, but uh, we had a good talk back and forth. And I believe that that probably led to him doing much better coverage afterwards, not taking credit for his reporting. I'm simply taking credit for maybe helping him have a change of heart in seeing the situation a little bit different. Here's the thing that the, the natives are telling me. All right, so when I'm speaking with people, and by the way, if you want to hear some of these conversations, uh, the first place that I would point you to is to go over to my Twitter page. If you're not following me, follow at Real Greg Bolden and listen to the Twitter space that I did with Chris Michaels last Wednesday, where we spoke with Islanders about the questions that they have about the cause of the fire, as well as about what they've lost and how people can uh, start to rally around to help them out. That is available directly on Twitter. Uh, that was not part of my podcast. So I would uh, highly recommend you listen to that. Here's what the locals are telling me. They're saying that there are things that just do not add up in the area. But they don't care whether or not somebody wants to talk about space lasers. They don't care if you want to talk about graphene oxide and what was in the air. They don't care if you want to talk about climate change. All they care about is as you're talking about all of that, it comes back to the fact that there's a human toll, a death toll, a human loss toll. People that are suffering right now that have lost everything, which brings me to the power of both social media 
and this platform and all you amazing listeners that tune in every single day. Last week I did a show and I, I kind of theme my shows throughout the week to try to give an ebb and flow. So that way there's a little bit of a tie that binds everything together. And we were broken up with Laurie Elizabeth uh, in, in all of that. But I started off the week in trying to explain to people, opening up your minds. I don't believe that this was a directed energy weapon. And I, I said that on that first Monday show. However, I also don't believe that the majority of Americans understood that that is a real weapon, that that is a real thing that has been developed. So I use my Monday show to simply tell people, you know what? I don't have details at that point in time come last Monday. I hadn't spoken to people on the ground at that point in time. And so I figured, why not look? Why are people saying this is direct energy? Could it be direct energy in any way, shape or form? Does that power even exist? And what I discovered is, Yes, it does exist. And yes, it's not just in our hands, but it's in our adversaries' hands as well. We have many people around the world that could use that same type of weapon. And that should make the hair on the back of your neck, on your arms, stand at attention. It really should, because that shows you kind of the, the level of sophistication of weapons of destruction and death that we have created as humanity. It makes me sad to think about that. But I, I started there with my Monday show and it was great that I did that because it opened a door to have additional conversations from that with other individuals that led me to talking to a person who lost absolutely everything. Now, one of my listeners reached out to me and uh, we ended up speaking on the phone last week because they were listening to the shows and they're like, Greg, I'm so glad that you're doing these stories. I have a person who I'm friends with, I fondly connected with, and they've lost everything in Lahaina. They have nothing left. It's devastating. And the locals are asking the same questions. And I was like, can you put me in touch with this individual? And come to find out, because I was already in touch at this point in time with another individual who's on the island, thanks to a Twitter space, I reached out to that individual who offered to help me out. And he goes, oh yeah, is he with Bo? As if I know who Bo is. I've still to this time, Bo is this mysterious figure in Hawaii that I have no idea. I haven't spoken to him, but I just wrote back and I was like, I spoke with my listener. They don't know if that's who he's with. And he's like, I'm sorry, that sounded like a really personal question, but I just... I think I know who you're looking for. And about five minutes later, he's like, hey, we located him. He is over in this town, blah, blah, blah. He's staying with so-and-so. And I'm not sharing that on my show because I'm going to share the gentleman's name because he, he gave me a little bit of his story and I'm going to try to get him on later so that way you guys can hear directly from him. Um, but this is how I was actually able to uh, get just a small part of Spice Prince life. Now, Spice Prince owns um, Island Spice Hawaii, uh, which was a, um, a medicinal natural herbs. Uh, he had been on the island most almost, I guess, all of his entire life, really. He's been in Maui and his storefront was in Lahaina. And Spice has a Venmo. And we're going to get to the Venmo stuff in just a few moments during the show, because I know that my listeners may want to be able to help not just Spice, but the 200 plus other people that have verified Venmos that are in immediate need. And we're, we're going to get to that in just a few moments. 
but I get Spice's Venmo from my contact. And he goes, hey, they're going to get him set up on this uh, Instagram page where they're doing verified Venmos. And I, I send him money. And it just so happens, and I'm, I'm being transparent with my listeners, that Elon Musk had sent me money um, just about an hour before I found out about the Venmo. So I just turned over my Twitter money, the money that I, I've made from Twitter advertising, which isn't that much, but I just turned that money directly over the spice. I was like, let me just pay him on Venmo and help him get his life a little bit back together and help spread the word. And uh, so he says, thank you so very much. He says, love you. Awesome. Uh, it says everything is overwhelming, but anything to get back on my feet so I can start helping others again. This is an individual who, even after losing everything, all he has, he sent me a photo of himself, and I'll put that in the America Out Loud description page today so you can see him. He says, my entire life, dot, 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 gone. I barely got out with my dog in a backpack, a pair of shorts, flip-flops. Everything else is ashes. All of my world is Island Spice, Hawaii. And so... I found out that was located right in the middle of Lahaina. Not only is his business gone, but his house is gone as well. And when you see this photo of him looking at the wreckage of his, uh, his intimately held town that he loved, where he helped other individuals, it's heartbreaking. And you see his, his tiny little, it looks like a, almost like a corgi, but I'm not sure exactly what type of dog it is, hanging out of his backpack. He has no shirt on. He's got like these camo pants and sandals and a hat. That's his world right now. That's all he has left after these fires. And for every person like Spice Prince, right? There's there's a hundred other individuals, hundreds of other individual families right now that are in the exact same situation. So what did I start doing last week? And I don't want any kudos for this, by the way. I'm sharing this because I believe that my listeners might have a want to be able to help out as well. And so you're going to listen to this. And normally I tell you guys, buy me a cup of coffee. You're, you're not going to hear me say, buy me a cup of coffee this week whatsoever. The time is not to support me and my efforts. The time is to support your fellow Americans and get immediate assistance into their hands. So I'm going to be promoting how you can do that. So I've been speaking with the islanders that are directly on the ground helping out and assisting and as i'm doing that i'm, I'm hearing of these stories of these individuals that are really uh, just absolutely devastated some of them lost loved ones in the fire so not only did they lose their home but some of their loved ones have perished as well and there's an amazing individual she has uh assembled a team at this point in time her name is tier Lawrence. And you can find Tier Lawrence on Instagram. It's T-I-A-R-E underscore Lawrence. And I, I would tell you guys, you know, send her some love for the work that she has been doing. But it's not just her, it's this team. And they've created an Instagram page. Now I know my listeners may not be on Instagram, so I have a secondary option for you. And I'm trying to work on something else right now with some major influencers on X. But this page on Instagram is called Lahaina, L-A-H-A-I-N-A underscore, that's the line underscore, Ohana, O-H-A-N-A underscore Venmo. 
Now, if you go to this Instagram page, there are over 200 verified families from Lahaina who have been displaced. Not only that, they asked them for photos and then they asked them for a write-up. And so that way you can see what the stories were. So just going on to the page at the very top right now, they have Calabasquez and Kamaka Co. And it says, Aloha, my cacao. This young couple is Michaela Basquez and Kamai Kao. They both work for the old Lahaina Lua. Michaela and Kamaka saved all their money to move out on their own. They just fully furnished their apartment when they lost everything due to the wildfires. If you can find it in your heart to give, they would really appreciate it. Mahalo. And it says, Kamaka and Kala continue to help our Lahaina community, even though they too lost their home. This young couple is the future of Lahaina. Mahalo for all you guys do. Anything helps this couple. And that was the other thing. I'm learning like the, the culture right now as I'm talking to people. They're educating me on, you know, back in the 50s when it became a state uh, that there is property rights that are completely different than the way the continental United States thinks of property rights. It's almost like the colonizer type of uh, moment here where we would look at maybe Native American Indians and reservations. It's very similar in a way. And so I, I've been learning a lot about that. But just this individual right here, this is people that the United States government is not efficient right now in getting assistance to them. And we can talk about reasons about that as well during today's show. I'll try to get into it. But if you go to this Lahaina underscore Ohana underscore Venmo on Instagram, you can pick any family. It's kind of like if you ever belong to a church and they have like, you know, uh, buy a, a family Christmas presents, you can adopt a family. It's kind of like adopt a family. You find somebody you'd like to donate money to on Venmo and you do so. And that's what I've been doing. I'm um, trying to go through and find like, okay, maybe I can help somebody and who would I like to help? Bam, they got some young children. That sounds great. Let's do that. But there are so many people on here. It's overwhelming. I have decided, and I spent about four hours of my day on sun, uh, Saturday, uh, yeah, but Saturday, I copied all of Tierra Lawrence's content and I put it on my Twitter feed. So that way, if you're not on Instagram, you could go to my Twitter page and you could see these exact same profiles, find the Venmo, and you can um, donate directly. Now, why is this important for you to uh, get involved with? I'm going to explain something here that uh, I think is important for uh, understanding. The people in Lahaina, the people in Maui, and the people from what I understand generally on the island are very mistrusting of government to begin with. It's a long-standing cultural issue. So couple that with the fact that the town has been so destroyed. I mean, we're talking about the entire town completely leveled with only several buildings that are still standing. And amongst all that, you have melted aluminum that is uh, and toxic chemicals that have rendered the drinking water completely useless right now. You can't even use drinking water in this area. So the people have had to take to nearby towns or elsewhere on Maui in order to live. So FEMA's coming in, the Red Cross is coming in, and they can't get to the people that need the aid because they cannot locate them. On top of that, uh, when the aid is coming through, 
There's qualifiers for it. Sign this document in order to get your aid. And because people are untrustworthy of their government, they're concerned right now that they're going to sign over eminent domain or property rights in some way, shape, or form. So T.R. Lawrence and some other individuals are working for protecting people's rights. And on my show tomorrow, my guest is going to be from an organization called forourrights.org that's going to try to help people understand what their legal rights are to make sure that they can retain their property throughout this crisis and properly rebuild and maintain the fact that some of these people have lived here from generational families. And so it's very important to them. I'm going to take a break here. And when I come back, I'm going to kind of explain a little bit more about the uh, news situation, as well as what might shock you about what's going unreported. And uh, I think it's important for you to hear. All right. Make sure you're going over to americaoutloud.com where you can check out all of my colleagues' work, but also the sponsors to help keep the lights on at the network that helps bring my show to you all. I appreciate that. And we'll be right back. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back, Bold American, second half of the show. Residents in Maui need your attention. They need your attention because it seems like to them, the rest of the world is not acutely aware of the crisis that's going on there. Now, people are arguing over what caused it. And I will say that seems to be kind of, to me, an odd place for people to be stuck on. But when you look at the way the mainstream news is covering the story, it leads the uh, it leads the dialogue to even more questions, and I'll, I'll try to 
tell you what I've seen on mainstream media versus what I've heard from the people that are on the ground there and why they're this trusting. Let's first start off with Nick Sorter, an independent journalist who flew to Maui in order to tell the story himself. Now, there are a number of individuals that were untrusting of Nick. They felt that this was a, as they said to me, a white man coming to save with a uh, mentality of a savior complex, the people of Maui by telling their story, but it was only to make himself rich. And so when he left, he had made this comment that I'll be sleeping in a tent. You know, I don't know where I'll be staying. But when he got there, he was put up in a very nice resort part of the uh, area, which the locals looked at as that resort area could be used to house some of the Lahaina people. And so they looked at it as, is this a use of uh, a misappropriate use of the resources around? And then I have a bunch of locals that were like, well, we haven't even seen him. And so I started reaching out to Nick because I was like, oh, the people seem to be a little bit uh, disturbed by the fact that a fellow independent journalist and Nick follows me. I follow Nick. We both covered East Palestine. Uh, so I, I had some, you know, I wanted to look out for the guy. I was like, OK, well, let's see if maybe I can bridge the gap a little bit. And so I reached out to him and it was radio silence. I tried to get him on the Twitter space radio silence. I sent him information as I was getting radio silence. He finally reached out. He's like, Greg, I'm so sorry. He goes, my uh, DMS are completely full, but I pinned you to the top so I can see them now what's going on. And so I shared with him, there's people that are trying to get in touch with you. Um, I'd like to try to help. Um, the people are very mistrusting in the government. And I think that you're in over your head right now. Uh, I, I basically was just telling him like, Hey, like I can help you, but you got to start telling the stories of the people and not the stories of uh, whether or not the government is trafficking children, whether or not the news media is being honest. Now, I know they set up a 12 mile media free zone. Why do I know this? Because it's it's out there. You can you can find that out. I also know that according to people like Nick Sorter and others that are on the ground right now in Maui. They're telling me that the press is really only open to places like NBC. Now, I, Lefty Layman has reached out to me. He's like, oh, I can't believe you're going down this whole space lasers, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you have no idea what the hell I've been doing the last week to try to help people in Maui. Like, you don't, you don't get to, to mansplain this. I'm using that word on purpose because he's so far left. He deserves that word right now. You get to mansplain how I'm supposed to be doing things. I've actually learned about the people of Maui. I'm hearing about the way the news media and independent journalists are being treated. I've seen the videos. Nick Sorter sent me a video, which I'm not going to share because it's his video. He did not publish it, but he sent it to me as like, I want you to see what I'm dealing with right now. And it's him. I'm just going to explain a little piece. Nick, I hope that I'm not like uh, ruining a surprise here that you're going to be putting out, but it's him just questioning the mayor about how many children are in the numbers of people that have died and they won't answer it. Instead, they sick the police on them and you, you'll see the video, I'm sure eventually, but I realized like, Hey, yeah, they're not respecting the fact that people are having their first amendment rights and they're just trying to ask questions and they're trying to get answers. 
and the people that are in the government side are being highly quiet. So that's the first part of this, this entire story. Now, Nick and I, Nick finally kind of saw the light. Uh, unfortunately, somebody who had been working with me went and found Nick somehow or was at this place where Nick was. And he walked up to him early in the morning thinking he was working on his laptop. Nick was actually on a call with Steve Bannon doing a show. And it was 5.45 a.m. Island time. And one of my listeners who's working recovery efforts just so happened to be there. And he wanted to tell Nick, Nick, you, you need to talk to the people. I've been trying to reach out to you. I know other people have been trying to reach out to you. I'm one of those other people, which eventually I was talking to Nick. Um, and it, unfortunately, Nick was like, I'm being stalked. And I explained to Nick, you're not being stalked. In fact, the person who is working with me even made a comment and Nick has it. And we were supposed to try to get a call together for an apology, but he just said like, you know, I'm supposed to uh, treat Nick with aloha. And I failed in that moment. Um, I really would love the opportunity to sh extend the proper kindness and to apologize. Uh, it really did not come off, you know, the way it should come off. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, but he's just like, I'm really trying to make a difference here is I'm trying to help people every single day. I'm tired. He's obviously emotional and it unfortunately came off the wrong way. And I, so I, I said to Nick, I'm like, you are safe on the Island, but you're going to be even safer on the Island when you start telling the personal stories of the individuals. So Nick has finally, uh, posted that he really has spent yesterday, uh, telling those stories and will have them ready to be posted pretty soon. And I know that's opening up uh, a lot of the people to ingratiate him to the island life and to create better content. I think that's helpful because there's this mistrust of anyone coming onto the island. One person sent me like, Nick, he's got a real estate license. Is he here really? To I'm like, no, he's definitely not there for real estate guys. Like, come on. Like he's literally there because he's trying in his way to make a difference. And I, 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 appreciate that. You know, I am doing reporting from Delaware. Nick paid $2,300 or more on a plane flight round trip and then had to put up for lodging. And I've asked Nick, I've said, you know, is so-and-so funding you? He said, nope, I, I have to, done this all on my own. I've accepted no money from other individuals for this. And I got to take that statement at face value. So I'm, I'm vouching for this guy to the Islanders as an independent journalist. So I, if you're listening right now, and I know a lot of you are, um, just understand that you got to trust and you got to hope that this guy can get some stories out for you. All right. So that's the first part that I want to tell you guys. The second part is I don't care about Oprah Winfrey and the land that she owns. I don't care about the billionaires and the land that they own. I don't care about any of those stories. I really don't even care about space lasers at this point in time. I, I know they exist. Okay. What I care about is the way that the news is covering the story and the way influencers are. It didn't take long for the Democrats to call this climate change. And now it's not taking very long for the fear mongers in the climate change side to use what's happening here in British Columbia and say, this is all climate change. This is all Republican policies that have allowed all this to happen. Okay, that's a load of crap. And it's disingenuous by the people that are saying it because they don't understand what's actually happening on the ground in Hawaii, or they also don't understand the infrastructure that we have in place and what could just possibly happen in the future. And so places like NBC that are running things where they're telling people 
that, you know, uh, ash-covered cars still line the highway in Lahaina, where only days ago, hundreds of people tried in vain to escape from a fast-moving and fatal wildfire, like a scene out of a nightmare. And in Canada, raging fires are still burning through more than 30 million acres of boreal forest, spilling noxious smoke and choking nearby communities with some of the worst air quality on Earth. And then they go to Greece and talk about the 20,000 people that fled. While the world sits stunned by chaos and destruction of these fires, experts say such disasters are becoming increasingly likely as warmer temperatures, human development, land use policies, and other factors conspire to create conditions ripe for flames, even in seemingly unexpected places. All right, so what caused these fires in Maui, right? You want answers, right? And you want to know why this all happened. I can give you an answer on that because there are individuals that have already done the work to figure this out. The most likely source based upon the early reports on the ground is there were strong winds from a nearby hurricane, which was 500 miles offshore, but because of the way the mountains are and the way they whip around, it became strong. And when they did so, some power lines fell down. And when they fell down, they started fires. Now, People will say, well, it's climate change. It was dry on the island at this point change. Nah, that's not why this thing became. Climate change does not explain the nature of that fire. And that's where the conspiracy theories come in. But I'm telling you, you don't have to look at that. What you need to hear from is one of my uh, people on the ground. And again, I, I maybe I'll be using names later in the week. Uh, I'm trying to see how many people want to come on to the show and talk about this stuff. Uh, because I don't want to just out names on the show um, because the island is, <laughs> as you can tell from him being able to find Spice Prince, uh, the island is tiny enough that it seems like everybody kind of knows one another or knows the family. So I just don't want to harm anybody's uh, well-being or goodwill by talking out of, out, of, out of turn. Anyway, I was sent a photo from one individual on their way to work. And they said, do you see this uh, field? This field is all dry now. This used to all be lush sugarcane. There used to be plantations of sugarcane here that came all the way down the island. And that went back to the island's colonizers. That's when they first did this. The last sugar plantation closed in 2016. Do you know who bought that land and took it over? Monsanto. Monsanto, the, the seed company that basically controls all of our agriculture, <laughs> they are the reason why there are barren invasive grasses populating all over Maui now Monsanto. And it's the policies of people like Clarence Thomas, who is huge on the board with Monsanto, which again goes back to my need to have ethics for our Supreme court because he ruled on a case that could have weakened Monsanto a long time ago. And all those politicians that have been bought off by Monsanto as well, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, it's not climate change that's causing the more dangerous parts of Maui right now. Maui was doing just fine until our government started to change the look of the island and taking away the booming sugar industry. They took away what the uh, immigrant laborers were doing at that time. So that's the first part. Then you have a highlight of the infrastructure. You have the electric lines and poles that likely could have been updated and kept up to date. 
And when they start going down, then what happened? Well, there was water that was needed to fight the fires. But guess what? The government did not allow the water to be sprayed. Why? Because of climate change. Yes, I can say because of climate change now, because, oh, well, we can't waste that resource. It's been too dry. We got to think about climate change. Oh, my God. If that's not a reason to get rid of the liberals that were like, this is climate change. When you have a fire, you put water on it. When you have school children that have just been sent home that are going to their homes, you put water on the fire to protect the precious life that is home without parents around them. This was perhaps the most upsetting part of the entire story that I can share. After the winds kicked up and the first fire started, they sent children home. But most people, they felt they had the fire under control. The firefighters went back to the fire uh, house. The winds kicked up more. Children are home. Parents are at work. And the fire starts spreading. And it burns through the entire town, which is the size of like a, a large beach town here on the East Coast. It goes through this entire town in almost 14 minutes. You had 14 minutes to get the safety and the jackass that's running the emergency sirens. He says, they said to him, you know, do you regret not having the sirens go off? And he simply said, I do not. So they asked him to fill in the blanks. Why do you not regret that? And he said, well, I thought that if I set off the sirens, you know, normally that's for tsunamis. People would immediately start trying to go up the, uh, the mountaintop, but that's where the fires started. So we thought it could cause people to die. I have a real problem with this statement because what you're saying is those individuals, when they come out of their homes and they see everything's on fire, they're not going to go towards the fire. They're not going towards the smoke. They're going to get out the quickest way they can to a street, to a boat. Maybe the warning sirens would allow people to get the boats to stop load people on instead of the massive amounts of people who drowned instead of the grandmother of the family that I spoke to that said a grandmother had handed a baby out of her car and another family took it to safety. They don't know where that baby's parents are. They may be dead. I don't know if that's been reconnected as of this recording, but they may be dead, which leads to the question that Nick Sorter and so many other people are asking, but not NBC, not ABC, which by the way, you know, this also goes to a point that Lefty sent to me yesterday. He said, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't think you understand. Like, there's plenty of news. You, you need to start listening to the mainstream news narratives on this stuff. Like, you need to trust. With the... No, I don't. I don't because the governor is working with approved news sources instead of asking the people that have the questions on the ground that are the hard questions like, Mayor, can you tell me how many children are missing out of those 1,000, Mayor, can you tell me out of the over 100 bodies that have been found deceased, can you tell me how many you think are children? Won't answer that question. So here's what ends up happening. When the government doesn't answer questions like that, yet people start conspiracy theories that go, ah, they might have trafficked those kids. No, look, ladies and gentlemen, anytime someone's going up in 14 minutes in flames, there's no buses coming in and going, all right, kids, get on the bus. Come on, get your Hershey candy bar. We got to go. No, that's not how it happened. Matter of fact, that would have been a better outcome for those children to be human trafficked. Chances are the reason why the government is not talking is because 
there's a mass graveyard that consists of a lot of children. That's what I'm hearing. There are a lot of people's loved ones that perished in this fire and they were charred to a spot where they don't even have the ability to ID them. It's going to be a timely process with DNA. I have a person who uh, is actually doing recovery uh, that I'm trying to get onto the show and they've been helpful in going to uh, claim the bodies. And one of the things that they're asking individuals to do is if you survived, go put your DNA on file. So that way, as they start to do the forensics, they can match people's loved ones based upon the remains that they were able to find. And that could be bone fragments in some cases. It's a horrible horrible situation in Lahaina, and it deserves our full attention. We can have conversations. We can argue about whether or not we should be spending $280 billion in aid over the last year and a half in Ukraine, or we should instead put money towards Lahaina. We can talk about whether or not we should bring in a uh, naval base in order on the side of the island in order to help people. You know, we were able during COVID to put a hospital off the coast of New York City. Where's that hospital now? Because that, from what I remember, that hospital didn't even get used. Where's that hospital now? That should be off the coast of Lahaina, providing housing for individuals, providing meals for individuals, providing resources for individuals. But it's not. And that's why people are upset. Look, I've, I've covered the parts about Hey, there's an emergency order. There's eminent domain. These are all valid concerns from the locals. But the reason why I need my bold Americans, the people that listen to this show, that pay attention to this, is because you can help right now. You can go through a family on this Instagram page that I talked about earlier. You can go find the Lahaina underscore Ohana underscore Venmo and find people that have been qualified as individuals that truly have lost everything. You can read their story and you can use a Venmo account and you can donate directly to them. That's important because it's so much more efficient than anything the government can do. These individuals, they can write you back and send you a message like Spice Prince did with me. I think that this is a humanitarian crisis of such a large mass. And I think that if it was happening elsewhere, for whatever reason, there'd be bigger coverage than what we're seeing right now. And these are Americans. These are people that we should have at the forefront. You want to know why Donald Trump wins the message when he talks about make America great again? It's because he understands it's about putting America first at all times. And right now, People are not seeing America be put first. They're seeing foreign interests being put first, billionaires being put first, and they're not seeing everybody rushing for assistance to help out in this moment. It's a lot like after Hurricane Katrina and Kanye West got up and said, George Bush doesn't like black people. Well, there are people right now in Lahaina that I think very similar about Joe Biden doesn't like Maui Hawaiians. All right, everybody, I'm going to end here today. Tomorrow, I got a show with 4hourrights.org. Levana, Levana, there it is, Levana. I almost said her name. I did say her name wrong. Sorry, Levana. So Levana Loma 
from fourhourrights.org is going to be joining me and you're going to hear about how she has helped protect people's rights on the island and then how she will be assisting in this effort right now and we'll learn a little bit more about that culture of trust i hope that i've honored your time well ladies and gentlemen once again don't donate to me this week uh, you can go over to at real greg bolden uh, on twitter uh, you can follow that venmo account directly through my post you'll have to go back to I believe saturday i posted that but i'll redo it again put it back to the top uh, as well as um, you can go over to the Instagram official page, which I'm not affiliated with, Tierra Lawrence, and you can check out how to support the individuals there. But the best way you can do is just tell people, do not ignore this. There are people suffering and they need your help. And if you have the means to even give like $5, $20, please do so. Every little bit helps. All right, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Uh-huh.